Let us pray. God of love, you are the source of life, the architect of the universe, and the author of every good story. Everything we have, we have received from you. We were created in your image, gathered to be your people, and invited to be disciples of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you we praise you, and we dedicate our offerings and pledges to your church. May we be faithful, generous, and loving as we live into the fullness of our covenant with you and with one another. Amen. You may be seated. Before I offer the scripture reading the sermon, I I know it's a little chilly in here today. The boilers are taking a while to get warmed up. But I'm thinking, you know, we're nearing the season of 
pilgrims and thanksgiving and and we can remember our puritan and pilgrim forebears we'll keep the sanctuary cold for the months to come we might even take out the pew pads just to make it more puritan like so enjoy this the heat today this is of course promised sunday some of you brought your pledges to be blessed this day if you already have submitted them consider them blessed as well by Catherine's beautiful prayer. It is a gift for each of us to be a promise, to make one and then to be a part of it. And in that spirit, hear these three verses from the Gospel of Luke about stewardship, treasure, and our hearts. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. And then Jesus goes on to talk about all the gifts of earth that are cared for and concludes it with these words. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This ends the reading from the Gospel of Luke. And may these words, which once transformed the disciples' hearts, transform our hearts as well. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly, faithfully, and thankfully. Amen. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to try it out. What a really great time to be a church. Seriously. I know you're thinking, what? What did he just say? No, really, what a wonderful time to be a church, to be a community of the faithful. Yes, I could spend plenty of time offering the usual recitation of all the things that are broken in, this, in the changing in the world and in the church. Even the sense that some have said that some churches have experienced in the past 16 months, 20 years of compressed decline. But I'm gonna circle back to my claim. I really mean it, believe it. What a good time. It is to be a community of faith. Don't worry, I'm a realist. I know even this vital and growing congregation will look different in 10 years. But here's what I want to suggest to you. That the church is not necessarily dying as statistics might indicate, but it is rather undergoing the pain of being rebirthed. Yes, COVID has accelerated the process, but still, it's a good time to be the church. I think we can rest assured that in the future, change will be the norm. But what will be constant is this. This congregation not only has been, not only is, but will be a source of strength and hope. It will be a treasure for our hearts. You know, a few years ago in a memorial service, we celebrated the life of a man who was a member of this church just short of 60 years. And at his memorial service, Meredith read from one of the letters he wrote at the time to our parish nurse. The letter was declining an invitation to a seminar on change. You should know, however, he was not against change, but instead went on to describe how acquainted he was with change. He began, I hope you'll forgive me if I skip your seminar on change. 
He then went on to catalog the 16 different places he had lived in during his life. How he had cobbled together a college degree from six different universities and colleges. He'd worked for six companies. He added the sad note that he'd been married twice. Both of his wives had died of cancer. He said, I've raised two children. My infant son, he added, is now retired. I've traveled as far east as Mount Everest and as far west as Shanghai. And then he finished his letter with this. The only constant in my life for the last 60 years has been this church. I know the church will look different in 10, certainly 20 years, but here's what I can almost guarantee you, that we will continue to bear one another's burdens in the name of Christ as each of us faces the inevitable changes that life will place before each and every one of us. Still, I understand. Statistics tell us that the church, with a capital C, is in decline and threatened and battered by the whirlwind of change. Yet, friends, I think it's a great time to be the church. And so on Promise Sunday, I wish to offer you some thoughts on our future. And I found the writings of Samuel Wells to be particularly helpful in this theme. First, it is possible to be a community of faith that bears one another's burdens without being defensive or closed-minded. And that is, in this particular time in our nation, a rather bold claim. But it's really important to remember that it is possible to be a loving community of faith even as we begin potentially challenging conversations about the inclusion of all people, regardless of race, sex, ethnicity, or gender orientation. Because remember, remember we, the First Congregational Church of Western Springs, are diverse in thought, but we're united in Christ. It is possible for a congregation to understand that its members will hold different perspectives and yet still affirm, promise, that we will love one another as Christ has loved us. To promise that we will continue to have a deep and abiding affection for one another. Affection's a really important word. Because psychologists tell us that affection does not rely on shared interests, ideas, or agreement. Affection, they say, and they mean this in a positive way, is the least discriminating of loves. But affection, psychologists also tell us, is the glue that can hold people together despite disagreements and differences and, yes, change. Affection is why you still love your uncle, but you're glad to cancel out his vote in an election. Affection grows in the soil of shared time together and service. Affection grows from commitment into community. It grows from gathering together regularly to worship God. And friends, honestly, being together, it's how we learn to love those who may not be exactly like us or think exactly as we do. And this church is pretty good at affection 
really good at gratitude, which makes me think it's a really great time to be the church. Two, it's also essential that we extend affection and hospitality to those who are beyond our walls and perhaps beyond our full understanding. One of the ways that we as a church will be alive with the spirit of God's love is when we continue to clothe the stranger, give comfort to the hurting, and, and do it in partnership with places like the Firehouse and Pastor Phil, who sort of so appropriately, though he serves the Firehouse, set us on fire with the spirit that we hope will never be extinguished. One of the ways we will be alive with the spirit of God's love is by engaging in a congregation-wide conversation about how we might live into God's call to celebrate all people as created in the image of God, just as they are. Honestly, it's a great time to be the church. Now, a third sort of milepost or cairn on the trail that it's a good time to be a church is to affirm that it's completely possible to be aspirational and financially sustainable at the same time. And some of our aspirations and our hopes for 2022 are to continue to be generous with our mission partners like the Firehouse and NAMI and the Night Ministry and support ministries that tell the world of a loving and forgiving God. Part of our aspiration for next year is to continue to care for our beautiful campus, reminding ourselves that beauty gives glory to God. Part of our aspiration is to say thank you to our amazing staff with modest increases in their compensation. But that, in some ways, is the easy part of being aspirational. But aspirational means not only being generous financially, but generous in spirit as well. So on this Promise Sunday, how about along with having your pledges dedicated, how about along with your pledge to the church, you promise to find your way to Taizé worship and contemplate the presence of God in your midst? How about you promise to find a way to tell the story of God, of a loving God to the next generation and teach Sunday school? Or maybe you simply promise to be in the worship of God as often as you are able, or usher, or walk the labyrinth, or join the prayer team, and on and on. Honestly, friends, it is a great time to be the church, but the church won't be great without you and the promise you bring to it. Finally, it's not just possible, but essential to affirm that in Christ, our future will be as sacred as our past. I know that sounds like a cliche, a grand statement. It's supposed to be your conclusion, Rich, but I really mean that. And I hope you're asking, why does he think that? I mean, the pandemic does still seem to have changed so much, changed everything, some people say, but it hasn't. It has not changed everything. Remember that member of just short of 60 years? Lots changed in his life, but God did not. God was to him, is, and will be loving and good. 
So let me leave you with just a line, and then I'll paraphrase it from a popular Facebook meme, which so many of you have seen. But I loved it because it lifts up the, the unchanging gift of kindness in a changing world. Someone wrote, and I add as a person of faith, that they know what they're going to do in this changing world. They're going to continue holding doors for strangers. They're going to keep saying good morning and being patient with a waiter or a flight attendant. But as for me, I hope that I will seek to be an active listener in our holy conversations about welcome and hospitality. I pray that I will continue to smile at strangers, aware that I very well might be greeting an angel of God. You can add your own that you promise in the days and weeks and years ahead. But add your own because we promise as a congregation that we will not stand idly by and let children live in a world where unconditional love is invisible. I mean, in the end, in the end, isn't that really a good definition of a church with a future? A place where unconditional love is made visible. Luke said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It can be. It will be a great time to be the church if we start by writing God's sometimes illegible love clearly and visibly on each and every heart. Amen. Thank you.